Welcome to Security Heroes, a podcast by Athena Security. We share real life stories to help connect you to real heroes in the security world. I'm your host, Lisa Falzone. Warning, the following recording contains potentially disturbing content. Listener discretion advised. Joining me today is Mike Hodges, the System Director of Public Safety at Piedmont Healthcare. Mike has been a pioneer in proactive security solutions, including leading the development of a collaborative workplace violence prevention program that has reduced incidences of workplace violence by over 50% at his facility. Mike was also a member of the U.S. Army. His service included response to Hurricane Katrina on combat tours in both Iraq and Afghanistan. He is the recipient of multiple awards and accolades, and Mike has published numerous articles related to violence prevention and officer training. He currently manages the Proactive Security blog. Welcome, Mike. How's it going? Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. So just to start off, what sparked your interest in pursuing a career in the security operations field? Oh, that's a good question. I think like a lot of people, I like to say I'm accidentally interested in healthcare security. It was in the Army for eight years, was going to make a career of that. You know, as the story goes, I met a girl and that changed the trajectory of my life just a little bit. And I realized if I wanted to husband and father that I wanted to be, I needed to get out of the Army. Uh, And so when I made that transition, I was looking around for something to do. I got offered a job as a security officer at a hospital, did that. While I was doing that, I went back to school and was working on my bachelor's degree and had opportunities to get engaged with training in that healthcare security organization. And then got opportunities to work into supervision and then management. And as I finished my uh, bachelor's and master's degree, I continued to receive opportunities. And along the way, somewhere, I became very passionate about violence prevention in a healthcare environment because there's so much opportunity there and effective strategic training for officers. And so with those two kind of personal passions having developed and the opportunities that I've been provided by phenomenal leaders that I've had the benefit of serving under, here I am, healthcare security, Mike. Awesome. So you said you're passionate about violence prevention and what was the other? Strategic officer training. One of my, the takeaways I have from military service was the benefit of learning about the strategic corporal concept. It was a concept that was pioneered by a guy named General Charles Krulak once upon a time. And the idea is that, you know, we encounter, and I tailor this more to the security realm, healthcare security officer encounters in the course of an eight hour or a 12 hour shift, every possible tactical challenge. They, you know, whether it's active violence and, you know, an active threat, active shooter, or, you know, behavioral health patient in crisis, or, you know, grandma who has lost her dentures. Across all those areas, we encounter those problems regularly. And so we have to, you know, look at how we're training those officers because they're making decisions in the moment that have strategic ramifications. How that officer responds to each of those events independently has strategic ramifications for that organization. And so we want to make sure that our training enables them to be successful in that regard. Awesome. How has your military training helped you in your current career? Well, two things. I think the primary skill that I like to tell people about that I got out of serving in the United States Army was the capacity to deliver a PowerPoint any place, anytime. I got some good presentation skills and PowerPoint skills. And I think the larger and more serious impact from the military was 
the commitment to training, understanding the impact of successful training, and the ability to kind of organize that effectively. Do you think it's a good career choice for veterans? I think there's a lot of opportunity. Everybody's different. Certainly our incredibly diverse group, but there is a unique opportunities, especially in healthcare security as, as a subset of the security industry. But across the security industry, there's a lot of unique opportunities where military skill sets transition very effectively. I totally agree. And I think the more security and specifically healthcare security can recruit more from the military population, more veterans. I just think it's a win-win for both sides. Do you recruit a lot of veterans? Oh, I certainly have a soft spot for veterans. So yeah. The opportunity to bring one in, I do. Yeah, totally agree. I think one of the things I'd like to do with this podcast is really kind of encourage my cousins in the military. And she always kind of talks about missing the military when she's off duty and really missing that, like that passion. And so I think if we can kind of translate that passion that they have when they're on in the field into healthcare, I mean, I think it it's just really needed from both sides. And I think a lot of times when you get out of the, for, I mean, you tell me, but when you get out of the military, it's like, what happened? I lost my passion. And it's like, hey, this is a really great industry to go into. And so I just really want to try and recruit as many veterans as I can to this industry. There's a lot of parallels, especially in the yeah. context of service. You know, in the security industry in particular, our goal is to serve people, to help people, to be there, to be a resource, to be the person that can be relied upon when in need. So I think in that regard, the military and security services have very similar feels to them. And then second to that, as you mentioned, the, the camaraderie, the, you know, being working in teams and the team dynamic around the common mission also is the strong draw, I think, for the veteran population. Yeah, totally. I've talked with some people on this podcast about kind of rebranding it, right? Rebranding the security industry and healthcare security from like the mall cop situation to an act of valor. And so that's kind of like, that's what we're kind of hoping to bring out is these acts of valors and to rebrand it into something very heroic. So. No, I love that idea. I think one of the first things, you know, I wanted to do when I started working in security and healthcare was to change the use and to your point, kind of rebrand from, you know, security services to weak term it public safety in Piedmont and give it that broader context of us bringing, you know, safety and security to the public at large and to the constituents that we serve, but also just to get away from some of the negative connotations associated with that mall cop mentality. There's a vast difference in the way security is applied. And I think, you know, to some degree, we as an industry have earned some of that reputation, but there's also right a huge aspect of industry that just goes under noticed or underappreciated because of the detractors. Yeah. How do you go about changing that culture within your team and promoting that culture? Experience breeds belief. So, if, you know, the more experiences that you accumulate, positive or negative, the stronger your beliefs are about a particular you know, person, place or thing. And so we focus a lot on creating the experience in order to build the belief. So, you know, when we have positive experiences with our public safety team, has successes trying to celebrate that and emphasize that experience and thus build the trust and build the belief in the, in the program and in the people that serve. Yeah, well, hopefully you can talk about some of these heroic acts that either you or your team has done. But first, I'd love to know what your main responsibilities as the system director of public safety at Piedmont Healthcare. Sure. So I'm the senior leader for security for the system. So Piedmont is a 22 hospital system in the state of Georgia. 
the largest healthcare provider in the state of Georgia. We have, uh, as I mentioned, the 22 hospitals and several hundred physician practices, clinics, outpatient service areas across the state. Within that context, we have a public safety team that's incredibly diverse across the state as well, around 400 officers serving those various entities within the system. And within public safety, our primary responsibility is security services through our public safety officers and physical security standards and policy development, procedure development, those kinds of things. So those are my primary responsibilities and the responsibility of our team. Awesome. How do you see the security operation procedures evolve since you joined Piedmont Healthcare? How have you seen it evolve? So, you know, operating procedures, that's an interesting question. So operating procedures, I think, get a different definition depending on where you go. One of the things that we've really tried to emphasize in kind of our governance program is the interplay between policy, procedure, and post orders within the security infrastructure. So as big as our organization is, policy really becomes the governing documents for our entire organization. So the broad big picture guidelines, their left and right limits for you know organizational function. And those are then distilled down into our standard operating procedures, which take those policies and nuance them into the local realities of a particular facility. So they help us give direct expectations of performance and direct guidance to the frontline officer within that facility. And then those are complemented by our post orders, our security management plans, et cetera. So the way it's really evolved for us is trying to, one, differentiate the role of of policy and procedure, then two, marrying them up in a way that makes them complementary and effective so that we capture local realities and local nuance while still providing standards across the organization. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the challenges you faced in implementing adequate security operations and technology. So it really depends on what aspect you're talking about. But I think, you know, generally speaking, you've got in healthcare as a subset of the security industry is atrophied significantly. Security is not an area of healthcare that's been invested in, I think, from an industry perspective, very effectively. And so in a lot of cases, you're building from the ground up. So everything is, you know, things that are commonplace in large non-healthcare organizations with their security programs or commonplace in the larger security industry are foreign concepts to healthcare. So the bigger challenges are effectively educating your senior leadership and your healthcare organizations on the role of security and the role and benefits that that function can provide the organization. You know, I really lean into the concept of being a business enabler. You know, how do we enable the business to function effectively? So that education component is significant. And then, you know, just the challenges of working in a large organization. You've got a lot of leaders with a lot of opinions about how it should look and how it should function and trying to shape all of that into a more standard program is always a challenge. So, you know, that goes back to my military experience. PowerPoint will travel. I'll go talk to anybody anywhere, try to convince them that we've got the right direction to go. So let's just get into the just more heroic acts of what you and your team have done. Can you just talk about a firsthand experience where you responded or your team to a security situation that threatened the lives of people in your facility? So anytime we're talking about heroism, let's leave me out of the equation because the frontline officers, they're the ones that do the work. That's where the rubber meets the road. And it's every day something happens, whether it's, you know, we had an individual We've had multiple instances where, you know, an individual is trying to hurt themselves 
and trying to provide protection for that behavioral health patient, making sure that they're cared for effectively and receive the treatment that they need in a safe environment. Our officers do that every day. In that role, they really serve as protectors and, and heroes to that individual who's in crisis. To give some specific examples, heroic acts, one of our facilities recently we had a domestic violence issue associated with an employee and the person that was the threat to that individual showed up on campus and was interdicted by the officers in the parking lot. And we were able to make sure that the threat didn't manifest itself. And you know, as I know, you know, the healthcare security industry very specifically, those are acts of predatory violence or targeted violence are where we see most of our active shooters manifest themselves. So those are individual instances where our officers really, you know, kind of earned their pay in, on that day. Other instances, we had an officer, one of our facilities not too long ago, who found a visitor unresponsive and was able to execute CPR and actually resuscitated that individual and got the clinical team engaged with them and saved that individual's life. We have multiple, you know, I, there's hundreds of stories like that across the healthcare industry. You know, that goes back to that kind of thought process around the strategic officer. These are the things they encounter. A lot of people associate security with, you know, sitting on a post and eating donuts. And that's not what we do. Walk 20,000 steps a day routinely in active patrol serving patients at the bedside, family members who are, you know, suffering in crisis, mental health patients, employees who are having challenges. One of the things I like to tell my officers when we're doing training is, is we have the privilege and the burden of meeting people in their worst possible moment and providing safety, providing security, providing aid, providing support. And in each of those cases, it's an honor to serve. In that service, we really have a unique job. With more than 20 years of experience as a security expert in the military and healthcare fields, what are the challenges hospitals commonly encounter when it comes to managing security operations? Resources are always a challenge, right? So anytime we have, we're competing with, you know, resource restrictions across organizations. It's always a challenge when you're trying to make a decision as an organization between a physical security implementation and a piece of medical equipment that's used to help save lives. And so those are always challenges that security leaders face in healthcare. And then, you know, one of the challenges that I think is unique security, and I think also in, to a large degree, law enforcement organizations is time for training, making sure right. you have time to invest in the training that's most effective for your officers. Because, you know, you get the product you produce when it comes to training. And a quote that I think a lot of people try to point to on a regular basis is that you never rise to the level of your expectations, you fall to the level of your training. And so sure that you, you hold that standard effectively. So can you share an experience where when you successfully led a transformation of an organization's failing security operations into a top performing one? Well, I think, so Piedmont's very unique in that we've grown very rapidly over the last, you know, several years. And as an organization, we made the decision a few years ago to start moving our security program to a standard program. And as a result, we jettisoned contract services and brought the entire program in-house. We took full ownership, the training. We took full ownership, the staffing, the officer's equipment, and the level of engagement that they had, full ownership of the development of the policies and SOPs associated with their work. In that regard, we've had a tremendous impact on the level of engagement of the program, capacity of the program to have a positive impact on workplace violence incidents across the organization, and on perception of safety from our frontline staff. 
So, you know, having those nurses, those doctors, those patient care techs, those dietary workers across the board, feeling safer and more secure within their facility. It's really interesting when I talk to people about what we do and what I'm doing with the podcast and people do not know how much violence there is in these emergency rooms in in particular, especially, I mean, it's just not well known that like nurses are scared. Emergency nurses specifically are scared. And so hopefully we can create some more awareness around that. Absolutely. I think we're starting to see that, you know, one of the things I've been most excited to be a participant in recently was just passed a new law in the state of Georgia, House Bill 383, which was signed into law by the governor in May and became active in Georgia July 1st, so very recently. But it increases penalties for assaults against healthcare workers, and it opened the opportunity for healthcare organizations to start their own uh, law enforcement agencies, very similar to a university or a campus police, to really help bring in a broader set of tools to help combat the violence in a healthcare environment. Uh, And so that's been a unique thing that Georgia has done, not unique in the grand scheme of things. Other states have done it, but it's been something unique to get to be a part of. And I think it's exciting to see the recognition of the challenges that healthcare sees in in relationship to violence grow all the way to the state level to start seeing that recognition and that understanding expand. That's awesome. So what emerging tech are you excited about that can help you guys? Weapons detection, the growth in weapons detection and the capabilities of weapons detection over the last five or six years is awesome because one of the challenges in a healthcare environment is maintaining effective flow into especially like your emergency departments. You don't want to ask somebody who's actively experiencing cardiac issues to stop and empty their pockets and go through the process. You've got to have a good way to scan and move people through. So some of the technology around concealed weapons detection has been, I think, godsend to healthcare organizations in relationship to our ability to to keep people moving to the care that they need, but also identify threats as they're entering the facility. Similarly, the artificial intelligence integrations and the analytics associated with various video applications, you know, sound recognition technology, aggressive behavior recognition technology, weapons identification through video technology, all of those things, you know, serve as really effective force multipliers for the frontline officer. So being able to grow an effective security operations center that can tie those technologies together, it becomes an enabler for the entire organization. Those are huge opportunities for us. Awesome. So as the founder and author of the Proactive Security blog, which security operations topics would you be most interested to discuss? You know, so I started that blog quite a while ago primarily because my wife told me that I needed an outlet. So I started the blog because I felt like there were things that needed to be said in the industry. And the things that I've been most passionate about in regards to what I've shared through the blog is highlighting the use of tools like the violence risk assessment tools that we see Mm -hmm. many healthcare facilities incorporating into their medical screening processes. So tools like the STAMP tool, the BROSIT violence checklist, the aggressive behavior risk assessment tool, and there's you know, 100 others. But those types of clinically valid assessments have tremendous impact on violence mitigation in a healthcare environment, really engage more positive and more effective patient care in the process. You know, because one of the things that's a challenge for violence prevention in healthcare is a lot of the violence in healthcare can't be solved through the criminal justice system. It's a byproduct of disease progression. And so when you see that violence manifest as a result of, you know, a UTI infection or altered mental 
because of a traumatic brain injury or, you know, some type of, you know, medical encephalopathy that impacts the behavior of the patient. We have to have a significant amount of compassion for the condition mm-hmm. that patient has while still providing for the safety of the staff who are caring for them. And so utilizing those types of clinical assessments to enhance not only our proactive posture towards potential violence from a patient, but also in, you know, increase the level of care that that patient is receiving. That's been an area I was really passionate about in the blog and trying to advocate for those. And then the other piece I think is the training side. So, you know, seeing organizations enhance the maturity of their training programs, concepts like the strategic security officer and and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on this, but what are some general themes you have learned from the blog and the proactive security podcast in particular? I will say separately from the blog and the proactive security podcast, and I have to give a shout out to Brian Hamilton, who's the co-host of that, who's a phenomenal human being and has really exposed me to a lot of new concepts in healthcare security. The thing that I loved the most about the podcast was having guests, hearing yeah. other, you know, security leaders, their perspectives, their thoughts the ways that they're trying to solve similar problems, just that kind of cross-functional learning. I mean, we don't, I think we often unnecessarily silo ourselves. As a result, we fail to expand our own learning and see how others have solved the problem. And, you know, one of our guests on one of the podcasts, a guy named Fred Burton, said this and and it stuck with me. And I think it's absolutely true. He's a security professionals, you know, even if you're in a competitive organization, security professionals will take your call. And, you know, we'll talk it out. We'll figure it out because we all have the same mission. You know, we may be in organizations that are, you know, diehard competitors in the market, but in the same, but, you know, as a security professional, we're all here to do the same thing, keep people safe. And as a result, you really have opportunities to reach out and to engage with your peers in in the industry. And that's where the podcast in particular has really kind of opened me up to some new opportunities and some phenomenal people. Like what new opportunities? So yeah, engaging, like I said, with different people. So when I look at workplace violence, you know, my perspectives on workplace violence have have grown organically through my experiences within my healthcare facility. But the challenges that I'm trying to meet, very similar to the challenges others have tried to meet. I'll give a shout out to an individual named uh, Gloria Graham. She's a fantastic uh, healthcare security leader down in Florida. And I've learned a lot just by getting to know her and seeing some of the work that she's done and some of the impact that she's had on her organization. Similarly, a guy named Ryan King, we brought him on the program at one point, and he very similarly has amazing insights on security training and effective security programs. And then another person I'll give a shout out to is uh, Sarah, Sarah Marie Baumgartner. She's a nurse and a domestic violence advocate, and she uh, really opened up my eyes to some opportunities within our own organization for more effective domestic violence identification programs and intervention programs. So in those three areas, I've seen tremendous impact on my own work. That's awesome. Do you feel like it's a little bit of a like lonely position? Like you're kind of alone and don't have, you know, kind of colleagues to talk to? No, I don't. Like I said, it's a strong community. If you yeah. reach out. I think a lot of us don't naturally reach out. We pride ourselves on being self-sufficient and self-capable to our detriment in some cases. And I think, you know, that's kind of my point with the podcast. It's really opened my eyes to my own capacity to reach out more effectively. You know, like I said, people will take your call. People will help you. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are the qualities of an outstanding security leader in the healthcare industry? You have to be a team player. 
nothing in healthcare works without a multidisciplinary team to support it. And so you have to be able to engage across multiple disciplines, across a lot of different you know, high caliber professions, you're dealing with doctors and nurses and, you know, all of these individuals who have spent years training to do the work that they do. So you have to be able to engage at a high level and engage in a team. And you have to be able to look at things from other people's perspective. Uh, you have to be able to engage in such a way that you can, it's not your way or the highway. I think that's a big challenge for healthcare security leaders sometimes. And you have to be able to see the compassion in the work. You know, it's not a police department. It's not a, a law enforcement career. It's a compassion-driven career around healthcare. And so everything in a healthcare organization is central to care for the patient, improving the patient condition, making sure the patient has what they need. And that's even involving patients who are very difficult to deal with, who can be abusive, who can be you know, verbally challenging or physically challenging. And so having compassion for the condition, having compassion for the patient and, and caring for them while still maintaining that safe environment. So in closing, as a leader in the healthcare security field, if you had one piece of advice or one guiding principle for any individual in the security field, what would it be? I think two things that I have had to learn through falling on my face. One is you have to understand the business applications of what you do. So being able to put together a competent business plan and communicate in those terms gets you a lot further than anything else when it comes to competing for resources in a healthcare environment. And the other thing is that embracing the collaborative communication and the multidisciplinary nature of healthcare. So learn to reach out, learn to partner, learn to look at things from other perspectives, be compassionate about other perspectives. I think sometimes we think, well, why don't, why don't all the nurses just do it this way? That's not a way to look at it. You've got to look at it from why, why don't they do it this way and how can I approach it? a little differently on my end? How can security approach it a little differently? So you've got to be able to see things from other people's perspectives. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on. Is there yeah. anything else you want to add? No, not at the moment. I think I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate what you're trying to do here and giving people an opportunity to share a little bit about themselves and about their programs and best of luck. Yeah, thank you so much. It's just, we are kind of been in the security industry for a while and you know, there's so much doom and gloom that's talked about. It's like, let's talk about some heroes. Let's talk about inspiration. So that's kind of what we're aiming to do. But I got to ask off the record, what are you doing for the weapon detection? Are, do you guys have something in place? We're looking at several different models right now. We have, we've trialed the Evolve solution at yeah. one of our facilities and it's been very effective, but we're also looking at SIA. You familiar with them? We actually work with Chaya. Yeah. Looking at some of their products, we're in the process of doing kind of a large scale risk assessment of the organization and what's the cost benefit for implementation. The yeah, sure. I don't think is the technology. The technology is there and it's effective. The challenge is, you know, effectively staffing and maintaining the staffing for that model. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's always a challenge. Some hospitals that we work with are doing remote guarding because of that challenge, you know, some ways that they've dealt with it. But so we actually work with Chaya and then make it more like analytics, more connections, and so a little bit more competitive with Evolve. So when you combine Athena with Chaya, then, you know, it's a great concealed weapon detection solution. We're in a lot of large hospitals. I mean, Kaiser in California is rolling us out nationwide and lots of places and around where you are. So where are you based? I'm actually in California. Our company's based in Austin, Texas. 
Yeah. So let me know. Hey, thank you so much. And I don't mean to make sales pitch at all, but I just, you know, you mentioned weapon detection. So I'll let you know if we decide to move towards the uh, CS stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Nice to meet you. All right. Nice to meet you too. Security Heroes is brought to you by Athena Security. To find out more about Athena Security and how we help save lives through our weapon detection solution, visit www.athena-security.com. And then make sure to search for Security Heroes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Athena, thanks for listening.